Hey everybody, this is James, Marco, Nabil, and Mikey. And this is podcast number 163 of the Movie Pals podcast. Today we are doing a double feature. It is probably slightly different from what we announced last time at the end of uh, episode 164 of Hunger Game Marathon. Uh, we had briefly talked about that we were going to be doing Napoleon and Godzilla Minus One. A few of us did see Napoleon, so we are going to go over that, but we did do a, a bit of a pivot here. We'll talk about that more when we get to it, but we are actually going to be doing a review of the film Saltburn and Godzilla Minus One. So we're still doing Godzilla. We just changed up one of them, so don't be mad. So yeah, without, <laughs> uh, without further ado, let's get into a... I guess it's just a brief thought on the film Napoleon. General, we are discovered. Good. Wait! Nice! Retreat! I'm not built like other men. So, Marco did not see Napoleon, so he's not going to be able to talk on this one. But Mikey and I went and saw Napoleon with Mikey's brother-in-law. Nabil, I know you saw Napoleon. I didn't think... I'm just going to jump right into it. There's no real spoilers we're going to talk about. In, in the film in general, I thought the film was okay. I just... I didn't think like it did enough. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, that's my yeah, feeling, exactly. Yeah. Okay, that's, cool. That's why we didn't do it, right? <laughs> yeah. I remember leaving the theater, and I looked at Mikey, and I was like, I'm not sure there's enough to talk about in this fucking... Like, the night that we saw this fucking... Yeah. Like, the day... We saw this, like, an early screening. It was a day after the last pod, actually, so... And even then, I was like, I don't know if there's enough to talk about in this movie. Like, performances were decent, and they, there is stuff to like. I thought the battle scenes were shot well, but like, yes. there's not real like content to discuss. Like, things happened, then the next thing happened, that's it. and, and then, then more things happened. Yeah, it's done. What were you saying, Nibble? I, I just I feel like there's not a lot of for this film. This film doesn't say anything, you know. Like, yeah, there's not a, at all. <laughs> yeah, there's a story, I guess, okay. but. And and it like Mikey said, it's well shot. It's Ridley Scott. You know the battle scenes are great, but they're just like even now. I'm trying to think of specific key things to highlight. And like it's a the, super the forgettable movie. Was like yeah, he was in Egypt, and there was a little standoff between him and a mummy. I thought was kind of funny, but that's all that's really sticking to my mind right now. <laughs> so. Yeah, I just I mean, there's like it's insane. Not a single person is fucking like trying the French accent in this movie too. By the way. I like I how really Scott was just like, British? just talk, just fucking oh. talk. It's fine. <laughs> not a one, not a one. Even the other people say, well, I, I actually, British. I actually wouldn't, I actually wouldn't be okay with that. Like on a normal basis. Like I would just regular people just talk and I not mean, have like, if anyone the, can do it, Joaquin Phoenix yeah. can pull a fucking French accent off though. So I'm like, you probably could have. Yeah. Yeah. I, gave but, him I mean, Hey, it's like, it was really long too. It was like, fuck man, two hours, 35 minutes i think and i think every it was it wasn't to the point where the pacing felt bad for me though but it yeah. it, it kind of scares me that the apple tv plus is gonna get it's gonna stream in like a month or two apparently and they're gonna get a four-hour cut of the movie and i mean i'm gonna tell you right now there's there's a there's no fucking way i'm gonna watch that or Michael can finally <laughs> watch it there and then tell us how it is. He'll give us a recap. Both versions before, will be on there, and I can, unless somebody reviews the four-hour cut and was and is going to be like, "This is the definitive version." Like, I can't ever <laughs> see myself ever watching this movie again. If that makes sense. 
honestly though, like maybe with the extra time, they would have the content that we would normally talk about. Like for me, a lot of the time jumps, they just happen in weird places. Like they would talk about an event and then they would just jump to that event. Like, hey, you should become king. Oh, he's king. Like maybe there's I mean, more to dialogue mention, there's like, that happened, there's right? jumps where they're like, it's been five years. And I was like, it was five years. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what the hell? I was like, dude, everyone looks the fucking same. No aging in this film, by the way. I don't think no. he looked different from the moment we see him to apparently 40 years later. And I was like, he looks the same, but okay. Sure. He just has like stubble now, I guess. I, I don't really. I was like, I never even thought about that part. He looks dude, it's the literally same 40 years ago. Yeah. movie, but I was like, maybe he aged five years. I mean, plus. he did. He did die relatively young and it was all in a span of 30 years, but. Yeah, there should have been some. I mean, Joaquin Phoenix look, playing a twenty-year-old versus playing a fifty-something-year-old. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was like exactly the same. Yeah, I was like, oh, his hair is kind of longer in the beginning, that's right? Just, and it's is like disgruntled looking. I was like, I guess that's it. But yeah. So, <laughs> any other closing thoughts, Mikey Demille? I mean, that's all we. Yeah. This is literally about all I would have said, even on the review. So, like, I'm like, <laughs> there's just not enough. Like, I don't feel like there's even a real direct. I mean. Was the message that he just killed a shit ton of like his own people in in the process too, and and then they kind of just throw that down your well, neck? I will the, say, I end. know people were there was a lot of controversy, especially like in France, about the historical accuracy and the portrayal. Apparently, of him from apparently it's pretty off from what I've yeah. heard. I'm not too familiar with it myself. So, but I will tell you at the same time, you know, I it's been a while since I've read up on Napoleon, so I tried to go on a deep dive to to recollect some of the history. And there's also not a lot out there about him. Like he's done what the beats that they do touch on, though it's not necessarily 100 percent accurate. Those are kind of what happens, you know, like from a broad standpoint, he, he goes. I love how um, the director of Scott just doesn't give a fuck. Either, he doesn't like, care. Really. Yeah. In all his interviews, he has literally even said, like, I don't give a fuck. The French don't even like themselves or something. And I, I mean, like, and, yeah. and he's not wrong. So, you know, like, OK. Also, didn't so, they write the whole thing off of based off his letters they found, right? So they yeah, might not which, be details between there to even know what happened. So that's which probably is a lot of like, like the films that they've had in the past um, of Napoleon are based off of the letters. That's where yeah. a lot of the insight came from. So yeah, there's sure. there really isn't a lot to talk about, anyways. But even with the film, he I don't know if he was. I will say one thing is that I did like Joaquin Phoenix in this. He was yeah yeah enjoyable to watch. So. It worked for the role itself, but I just want a little more if that makes sense. Maybe I mean, fuck, maybe yeah. the, like you said, maybe the four hour cut. I don't, I don't know if I'm like I said, it, 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 someone had to blow their mind away. Like, be like it's it's the best movie ever. And then because I I have no time to watch a four hour film at this point, so I'm like, maybe I guess I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll let you know. I'll watch it probably. Fuck man. I mean, in theaters though, it was not bad. By the way, we watched an IMAX too. By the way, the sound sound was pretty good. I'll say that much. It actually sounded good. I was like, oh, cool. But yeah, overall, that's Napoleon. So, all right. And on to our review of Saltburn. Did you know there was a college Christmas party tonight? NFI, me and you. Not fucking invited. You all right? Yeah, I've got a flat tire. Take my bike. Hey, that is so kind. Thank you. I'm sorry I don't know your name. I'm, uh, I'm Felix. Oliver. Oliver. Mm. Oliver, I love you. I love yeah. I love you. All right, cheers, Ollie. My parents, they've got problems. What kind of? What do you mean, problems? I don't think I'll ever go home again. Well, why don't you come home with me? Come to Saltburn. 
Mr. Quick. Wow. And here he is now. Oh, what beautiful eyes. Oh, how wonderful. Yeah, I told you it wasn't a minger. Oh, but darling, you're kind about everyone. You can't be trusted. I had them hang up an old school dinner jacket. We dressed for dinner here. Dressed for dinner? Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like black tie. Saltburn is currently sitting with a 70% Rotten Tomato score. It's about a student at Oxford University who finds himself drawn into the world of a charming and aristocratic classmate who invites him to his eccentric family's sprawling estate for a summer never to be forgotten. This is directed and written by Emerald Fennell, who also did A Promising Young Woman back in 2020. And it's based on the book by David Grant. This film was released on November 17th in theaters and is starring Barry Kagan as Oliver Quick. Jacob Alardi as Felix Catton, Rosamund Pike as Lady Elspeth Catton, Richard E. Grant as Sir James Catton, Alison Alfer as Venetia Catton, Archie Madequi as Farley Start, Carrie Mulligan as Poor Dear Pamela, and Paul Rice as Duncan. So James, we're going to start with you. What were your thoughts on the film? Did you like it? Was it kind of weird? Did you not like it? There... <laughs> Yeah, so many open-ended questions. There's a lot. There's a lot to this movie, and I think this is one of those movies that I came in pretty low expectations. I mean, I thought Promising Young Woman was an okay film. It came out during COVID, so it was like a weird fucking time, you know. I just always remember that one when that one came yeah. out, and um, with a weird ending. The, yeah, yeah. So, Emerald Fennell, I think she does really unique films, and it's it's cool that um. This movie even exists, I guess, at this point, because it's it's a really different movie from what I thought, and it has a lot going on. And my, I had a mix of emotions while watching it, and most of the times, I, I just felt like this just related to Marco somehow, like the entire movie. <laughs> Wait, so who is Marco in this film, though? I don't know. There's a scene where he's taking a little a sip in the bathtub. I was like, no. and then there's a dancing scene at the end. I was like, either me or Marco could be either yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, I had James vibes right there. I was like, if this was a vehicle, this would be a James vehicle too. So <laughs> the bike, the bike with the wheel, the hole, the wheel. That's the James vehicle. So, oh, um, but uh, getting back to the film, without I mean, without getting into it all. Yet I actually really liked this movie quite a bit. Um, it just I think it's beautifully shot. I think the story's really unique. There's a cool twist to it all too, and it, there's a lot of meaning behind a lot of what goes on too. So, and right. I, I think some amazing performances. So, hmm. how about you, Marco? <laughs> what did you think about this movie? This movie was fucking wild, but uh, enjoyable. I had no idea that Emerald Fennel did Promising Young Woman, but I, I can see the similar style. And uh, similar to, to James, there there's a scene that I was just like, man, this is Jimmy all the way. He's smoking. <laughs> uh, Barry Keegan's Oliver Quake is standing outside smoking a cigarette, just dead staring into a window. And I was like, my boy. Angry staring. Dude, I, I was like, my boy. That at one point. Just staring at one point. Son of a bitch. Just fucking heavy breathing. And, uh, I thought it was uh, the scene where he's just like, I'm a vampire. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my fucking God. That's that's BDJ all the way right there. <laughs> and of course, there's the, you know, there's a very infamous um, uh, ending scene that I was like, man, how uh, 
how high you got to be to do that. But overall, it's an uh, interesting story. Like James said, you, you know, there's a, a great twist. There's this sinister feeling throughout the whole movie that things aren't as they seem, which, you know, you I like. And there's subtle clues that are there that when the twist finally happens, you're like, oh, shit. And yeah, it's, at times it is very upfront about it. And if you're paying attention, it's very easy to kind of deduce what's going on. It's not perfect. However, there's there's one scene where I think, or it's really more of like a montage that I think it could have done without. Really, like the movie does a good job at not really holding your hand throughout the entire plot up until this one scene, and it's like probably shouldn't have included that in there. But um, I'll say more in spoilers. But overall, I liked it. I I actually you know would would definitely watch it again. Um, I th- again, it's it's an interesting story, very similar to a few other films. Like, I kept thinking Talented Mr. Ripley for some reason. A little and, bit, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got that yeah. too. So it 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 really you know brought that you know to mind, and and I enjoyed that movie too when when I saw it back then. So sorry, I just one. Marco can't stop bringing up Philip Seymour Hoffman last three weeks for some reason. <laughs> oh, <laughs> memories just wants to always bring them up. So have to, have to. How about yourself, Mikey? Were, how, were you uh, were you feeling this film like the other guys here? Actually, yeah. Uh, I went in fairly blind. I only read basically what you read about the movie earlier, so I I really didn't know what to expect for the movie. Although I had heard some stuff about it, like that it was going to be kind of strange and that kind of stuff, so I was kind of prepared for something weird. But this kind of goes a little beyond what I was expecting to be how weird it was going to be. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really did enjoy it though. Uh, it's it. The way it like, kind of progresses through the story uh, and kind of the character kind of adapts to the situations that come up. Um, I enjoyed the performances. I thought they were good. So, yeah, I, I actually really enjoyed this one. Mikey yeah. told me that he's been, he's had the song at the end uh, on playback nonstop. <laughs> yeah. It's a good I song. Just a good in that magical moment. Yeah. Murder on the Dance Floor. It's a great song. Yeah. So Baxter. Great. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. It was a uh, it was a surprise of what happened throughout this film and near the end. And um, you know, I, I when I saw the trailer, I wasn't sure if I really wanted to see this film because it was not what this film ended up being. And I was like, I don't know if this is a film I really want to watch right now about a coming of age story. Is how they were kind of pitching it, and they were showing it as like you know there might be a some kind of love interest going on here. And I was like, I might watch it. I might not. I don't know if I need to, but. I'm glad I did because it turned it turned out being something completely different, and it had the, I, I guess Emerald Fennel she has a, a a style now because Promising Young Women had that kind of weird twist ending, and this one definitely Perfect. had the same kind of weird ending that you you don't quite know is going to happen yet, and then a certain point you're like, oh, now they're just letting it all out for for you to see what how crazy this shit can really get. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was it was fun. It, and like kind of James was saying, it's nice that this film was able to be made. Like it felt original. It was different than what we usually are seeing in the theaters. And it was just kind of almost a breath of fresh air to just uh, experience a whole new, you know, film in the theaters that you don't necessarily get a chance to always see. So did you see that, that Margot great. Robbie was one of the producers? I was like, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I did. I noticed that as well. I was like, good for her. Hello. Production company's making some money. Yeah, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. Um. All right. So we talked. We kind of uh, hinted at a few scenes here. I know we don't want to spoil too much, but I'm I'm going to just jump to you, Marco. 
were there any scenes that kind of stood out to you or did you have anything specifically about the film that kind of uh, that you felt like stood out to you more than anything else and i was made as 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 far as scenes that stood out there <laughs> really it, it was just the the very detailed obscure scenes that <laughs> were portrayed in the movie that just kind of showed you uh, Oliver Quick's sort of mental state and really peeling off the layers of who he really was throughout the whole movie yeah. because he comes off Barry and by the way Barry Keegan man very Killing talented it, right? Tal- yeah talented yeah, actor good. the whole time I was like Joker what the fuck are you doing but anyway uh, I'll only say that much about an actor because you know I seem to jinx actors, so I'm not gonna say any That's any true, more yeah. than that. But he comes off Oliver Quick comes off as this very you know timid, shy person that's sort of you know not really open to meeting people. He's he's very uh, he's not he's not social. He's not very good at um, meeting new friends, and you, you start to see with with the scenes that 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 are shocking. And we mentioned one is you know. He literally drinks the bathwater of uh, Felix Catton, and it's it, you know it's quite shocking. It's like Jesus, he's he's really doing that, and it just kind of shows you know there's there's more to this guy Oliver Quick than than what's being shown. And then yeah. he uh, <laughs> a little hints, uh, I think, and then it eventually yeah. he's like, oh wow, he's really taking it to another level here. Like, yeah, there, there, there's a scene involving blood too that I think I'll just mention in spoilers. Um, that's also quite shocking, but those are really. The reason they kind of stand out is just because, you know, it's it's just out of left field, you know, all of a sudden he's, you know, doing these things and you start to notice that he's actually, you know, quite a manipulative person than what he yeah. seems to be. So and it's very those, visually those, striking too, like seeing it, that it on the screen, I think is very, it's it is. very well shot. It's so a total, shot, yeah, a total like contrast to the beginning of the film where you just you see it as a story of this guy you know who's got a crush and he's trying to you know be part of a, a clique and um experience college and so for those scenes to really pop out i think it was a very well done job yeah and and mikey how about you was there anything on the movie that the way it was presented that really stood out to you or was there a scene that you that really stuck with you uh, yeah, I mean, I like that he narrated the film, too, because you can kind of tell he's talking to somebody. Uh, and I had my idea of like who he was talking to, and I'm sure we'll get that in spoilers. But it kind of built over time, and the re- you know the kind of reveal or the twist kind of, in my opinion, kind of shocked me a little bit. I didn't didn't realize that's who he was talking to, so that was kind of cool. Right. As far as scenes go, when Marco kind of hit it, it was like, he has these like one-on-one scenes with each of the Catton family. And all of them are pretty good, like in a very obscure way. So, yeah. but I, it, one, he's talking to uh, Venetia in the bathtub. I think that one is the one that kind of stood out to me. She did a really good job, like kind of a speech almost, a monologue. And uh, just the interaction between the two, that scene was really good, in my opinion. So, and again, we can't talk about a lot of the stuff here because uh, <laughs> other stuff, but I'm sure we'll get to it at some point. Well, let me, you know, we're talking a little bit about the character share. Let me go to you, James, then. What were your thoughts on some of the, since we can't really go too much into to the scene specifically, on some of the characters yeah. like Oliver Quake, like, or even Felix in, in this example, since he's kind of the, uh, the secondary here. How do you think that 
these characters were portrayed on the screen or what you I think it's great, man. It. Barry Keegan's yeah. killing it. Jacob Elordi's killing it. He's also really good in Priscilla. As much as I, I didn't really care for the film itself, I think he's great as Elvis in that one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's coming off of this fame from um, uh, Euphoria. He's a really, I think he's fucking great, man. Barry Keegan is killing it, too, like I said. So it's like... Agreed. Oliver Quick is a very... He's just a complex character. He's a, he's very he comes off. He's very manipulative, but he has like an obsession with Felix because Felix kind of represents what he wants to be and like the things that he's always wished for. But because of his, you know, of how his life is, he's unfortunate because I mean, Felix is rich as fuck. You know, what I mean, right. Yeah, yeah he's, he's Lord. Dude, literally, basically. his parent is that's knighted and shit. So like they're they come from a like a, like. A family that has like been wealthy their entire life. They don't need to. Nobody works. Do a lot of the shit they do. <laughs> yeah, nobody. They just chill all day, dude. Watching fucking movies. It's kind of funny. It takes place, I think, in like 2006, 2007, something like that. And I was like, all right. how random, right? What a good time, <laughs> though. And I think it's they do great. It's just like this. It's like an obsession. There's maybe even like a sexual tension between Oliver and Felix. Like, obviously, I think it's only one sided. Really, I think it's more like Oliver is really into Felix, and but I think it's more of him just like the want and the lust of being in that kind of dream scenario, I guess is what I'm trying to get out. Like he's mm-hmm. out there for the summer. He's told him that, Hey, his, his fucking mom's dead or his dad OD'd or some shit. And he's ignoring his mom. Cause she's an alcoholic. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's all these little things on top of the things on top of things. And then he feels welcomed by Roseman's pie character, which I thought was really well done too. She, I think she's a great actress on top of that. And, it's just, it's like, you know, and like Mikey's saying, they even bring it up like um, Venetia's telling him like, hey, this is or is it Venetia or is Farley? One of us telling like, yeah, to you, this is like uh, the best day of your life or like a dream for us. This is just life. This is, we do this every day. Farley. Yeah. Yeah. Farley was, yeah. yeah. Which is funny. He's the guy from fucking Gran Turismo. So I was like, oh, my God, look at him. <laughs> I just want to race cars. But he um, had a few less marbles in his mouth this time. Yeah. <laughs> what? But and I, I love that even the movie is shot in like a one by thirty three by one, so it's it's taller than it is wide. So it's yeah, made which, to be which I like didn't expect. I thought that was good mm-hmm. good for the yeah. Film. It's it's actually made. I looked into it. It's made to look like it's a, like a painting the whole time. So like, so you're uh. getting into it too. So it's it's the cinematography itself is just it's fucking chef's kiss. So yeah. it's just I I love the two characters and it it. it I don't know about you guys, but it seemed like at first, like Jacob is trying to ditch Oliver near the end of school, and he's a, but then he then the story gets him back in, that he feels bad about it, and I think that's why he takes Oliver under his wing. But then that's truly like the downfall of the family at that point, him bringing Oliver into that situation. So there's a lot to like. You could talk about so much things in this movie, in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with what you're saying here in regards to the relationships because you you really feel like, and I think. To what Mikey was saying, like the the narration helps to deceive you on what's really happening because it's really an untrusted oh, narrator, yeah. right? Like you're you're yeah. watching this film and you're thinking that uh, you're you're trying to believe that oh there's there's like a relationship or there's a status thing and he's just trying to build towards what something. what is the thing he says right above he says something about like he loves he loved Felix but he wasn't yeah. in love with Felix love or with was yeah. he actually? Right. So and then everything's told from his perspective. So truthfully, all the things that are strange that. Knowing him, like I don't even know. Did it even happen? I don't know. Yeah, Who knows? yeah he's he's a unreliable narrator, narrator, which is great. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so you're going into it the whole time, and you, as you are actually seeing what's being unfolded, instead of just hearing what he's telling you, you're getting a different perspective from your uh, point of view and saying, well, actually, maybe this guy's crazy, and whatever he's saying, he's just trying to make himself believe it, you know, even though it's not necessarily what we're seeing happening on screen. So it's, it is a very interesting way to kind of portray that on top of just the complexity of the characters of, of having to do the contrast of what he's telling you versus what you're seeing. Yeah. No, definitely. Definitely. I, I agree. Yeah. Also, you said your point of view as well. And I, I did notice that a lot of the scenes, they would like, you'd be in the scene with the characters and then they would pull you back a little bit and you'd see it from like another angle, like you're in a window looking at them kind of thing. So they kind of mm-hmm. gave you another point of view to look at the scene from. To kind of give you which different directly relates Mikey to like the aspect ratio. Uh, Emerald Fennel yeah. was talking about like how because of that aspect ratio is pretty unique, it's almost like you're peering into uh, what's yeah. going on. So the whole time, like you, you like Oliver, like Marco said, and jokingly, so, Oliver, you know, Oliver is a creep. He's like, he's it's like another Friday night for James. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Oliver, there's like Mikey, like, like you're talking, there's seen like Oliver smoking a cigarette, peering into the window, but. Just like Oliver, we're also like peering into like what's going on yeah. with the action itself, right? So right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot more that we want to talk about and and highlight in some of the scenes. So I think we should look into going to spoilers. But before we do that, let's just give our star ratings and you know just, just highlight if we recommend the film or not. Uh, I'll start with you, Mikey. How many stars did you give this movie? Uh, so I get this four stars. Uh, I, I liked the movie a lot. I thought it was really well acted. I liked the Revealing of the characters as they were going through, or the main character, I should say. Most of the stuff's through him. Uh, but yeah, it was a really weird movie. I didn't know what to expect. Blew my expectations away in terms of like how weird it got. But I enjoyed every bit of it. I thought it was really good. Also, I did want to mention, I did see something. This is coming out on December 22nd on Prime. So yeah. you don't have to watch it in your movie theaters. You got, what, 15 days or so, and you can watch it. And it'll come out there, yeah. But it yeah. was a good, I think it's a good experience. It was a good experience. experience to tell you the truth, so. Definitely, yeah. But it is a prime uh, M- MGM, so MGM is owned by Prime, so that's why it's being on there. Yeah, um, Marco, how many stars did you give this film? I also give this movie four stars. I think it's well acted, it's well directed. Uh, James uh, hit the nail on the head with the cinematography. It's it's shot so well. The aspect ratio, I think, adds to it and and gives it um, its style. And yeah, like Mikey said, even though it's coming out on Prime, uh, try to watch this in theaters if you can. Because it, it's, I, I think it's a, a way better experience if you do watch it in theaters. And James, how about you? I abs- I gave this one a four and a half, guys. This is going to be in my top ten for sure. There's a spoiler there. Mm-hmm. So this movie uh, resonated with me on a couple levels. Not not just the creepy ones, Marco, but <laughs> not just um, the ending. <laughs> yeah, I, I really appreciate when a film like this is made and it can be, you know, I, I know it's based on a book, but uh, it's still a pretty original idea compared to a lot of the garbage we get. And I gave this film four stars um, as I also recommend the film. And it's, it, I think one of the things that everybody's hitting on in regards to watching in the theaters is that at least for me, it made me feel very uncomfortable, but in a way that yeah. was like worth ex- <laughs> experiencing in a theater. Cause Did I was watching a crowd, by the way, Nabil. Yeah, they were they were pretty interactive with it too, which is I liked about. Ours like, wasn't bad. Me yeah. and Mikey's. I mean, yeah. I think we all of the gross out scenes. Everybody was like, "Ooh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Ooh, shit." There's some, oh, there's some no. weird stuff happening, and you're like, "I don't know if I should be watching this," but at the same time, you're like, "But I gotta see." see then as it was happening, it was, it was, uh, it was uh, fingers it, from my popcorn. I was like, 
Man, this is weird. Dead, dead quiet in my theater. I saw it with a friend of the pod, Sonny, and it was dead quiet up until I started giggling at some of these fucking scenes. And some other people then started joining in. I'm like, I'm not alone. People feel just as uncomfortable as me right now. Yeah, I think that really added to that experience. So that that's uh, definitely ups the uh, enjoyment factor of the film. Um, so with that, we're going to jump into the spoiler section. And um, if you haven't seen it yet, I would definitely skip that section. So that way um, you get just as surprised as we did by some of the scenes. Um, otherwise, stick with us in just a second and we'll go into more details. So the thoughts uh, about the film here in the spoiler section, let's talk about Oliver. And so we, we, we beat around a bush a bit about him being not what it seemed. I mean, essentially, he's he had this whole planned out to, to begin with, and he had a mark and he went for it. And like Marco kind of said, he was well adapted. So when things weren't going south, he found a way to pivot his way back into good graces to get what he wanted. I let me yeah. Let me just go with you. Uh, James, what do, what do you what are your thoughts on that? On, on the I thought it was beautiful, man. Fucking yeah. beautiful. This guy fucking <laughs> nailed it with huh? the plan. He kind of he kind of got he kind of got found out when um, Felix was like, "Hey, let's bring you to your parents," and his fucking parents are fucking alive, yeah. and he lives like in a nice house and shit. <laughs> and it was like, dude, right there, that's when things start really unraveling, right at that scene where yeah. he's like adamant about not going and he's like well where are we going and it's like oh shit this dude's been lying the whole time which i I think we all kind of especially through his actions and interactions with the other siblings and cousin like he's obviously not like very trustworthy He, he lies a lot and he's very manipulative but then they do show you i'm assuming that's the scene you don't like marco when they kind of go back and show you like i was the plan behind everyone and like fucking starting with even the tire i didn't realize he would do the tire yeah, that far back, yeah. I was like, damn, he's been playing as Marco would call it the long game. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> especially because I think it's implied that when he runs back into Lady Elspeth, like it's during COVID because people we were wearing masks, right? So it's like right. 14 years later. So like I'm like, he played the super fucking long game. So I thought it was great, man. And truthfully, when they switch to that shot of Showing that it's her in the bed, like poisoned or some shit. That was fucking creepy, dude. Yeah, that was. It's that a was sudden wild. shot. It's just fucking like boom, and it shows her with a fucking tube down her throat, and you're like, "Whoa, what the fuck, dude?" And I was like, "Whoa, no way." So, shit was. Which I'm, I'm assuming uh, she must have caught like COVID or something like that, and that's what that or, or I mean, I'm assuming Oliver did some shit to her, man. I mean, he's maybe, fucking oh, maybe, killed yeah, pretty much everybody else off in that fucking family, right? Yeah, literally. Well, and to that point, you know, and I, I will say it was interesting to see the father, Sir James Catton, being kind of in the know without actually saying anything, saying that things are not happening and this is not good for my wife. And oh, you he knew he there. was like, like mm-hmm. he knew it without saying anything that it's he's like, he Oliver, you. So or is that like, just how he handles everything? 
right? He probably just That's pays true. off everybody, right? So he That's he true. might not even have known what was going on. He just knew that this person needed to leave the house and he had money. So he's like, right. hey, how much? You know? right. no, so maybe right, he yeah. didn't know anything at all. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, you're, you're right, yeah. actually. I didn't think about that. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's probably true. the only way they know how to do yeah. things, right? This family. Just pay them off because everybody who comes here probably always wants something from them. Didn't right? they pay yeah. off Pamela? And then she actually dies off screen, which I thought was fucking yep. hilarious. She did. She, 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 like, she, she killed died. herself, I think. <laughs> oh, shit. She did. She killed crazy. herself, yeah. Fucking crazy. And she, <laughs> what did she say? Attention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, yeah, always. She's like, that one. I have to keep an eye on her. And I was like, uh, let me go to you, Marco. So, so what were your thoughts on on the the film's ending, or even if you want to go into some detail about some of the scenes that we were talking about earlier that stood out to you and the motivations behind that that they showed? Well, definitely when he's you know when he's performing oral sex on Venetia, and she, you know she's been she's 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 on her period, right? And uh, it it is they fully show it. It's pretty fucking shocking. I was like, holy shit. But uh, as far as the twist ending goes, um, Oliver's a psycho. He's a sociopath. He's a complete and utter sociopath. And um, the utter uh, secondhand embarrassment that you feel as Felix is driving him to his house and it's all discovered, like it was weird, right? Yeah. 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 It it was handled. Emerald Fennel did a great job at making you feel embarrassed along like with him. Like it was just like, holy shit, this is uncomfortable. Yeah, can I ask you something, Mark? If if yeah. if Felix had accepted him, though, would he have still gone down that path? Though, I think he was think always so. going to go down that path <laughs> because they give when really? he's at his home. When when Oliver's at his home, his mom talks about how he always wanted to be an only child. He never really talked to his sisters or to anybody. He had trouble making friends, so he's antisocial from the get go. So he was he was uh, always yeah, like okay. that. And to me, it wasn't so much as he was in love with Felix as he was obsessed with him, but also he was hunting them one by one. Like at the end, after he's done his his naked dance down the freaking hallway, down every room, those are his his trophies. Like he, (laughs) but here's the thing: he even dug one out of the pond just to have the collection there, and it's it's one of the things. But yeah. it's it's one of those things where you you're hunting or you're after the thing you want, but you're also kind of sad that the hunt is over. And it, it's it's weird because for Oliver being to me and my the way I interpreted him being a sociopath is it's like an act of passion too. It's it's like because for some serial killers it's it's a sexualized act too, even if there's no sex act involved. Like the act of them killing that person is an act of passion for them. And it, it it just was revealed so fucking well that I was like, God damn, they pulled it off so well. The only thing that I had a problem with is what James pointed out is them showing the montage of him going all the way back to the bicycle bike and deflating the air to get Felix's attention and let him use his bike, et cetera, et cetera. They didn't really need to do that. I think it is. This movie is truly a four and a half star, but for me that removed half a star for me because it feels like the whole time it's not, holding your hand up until that point and i get it for some people i think it's for the reveal though they had to yeah, yeah it would have added I mean, shock value but i but i think that just knowing that this was his plan in, in all and and leaving it up to us and saying fuck was was it all an act was this his plan the whole time or was oh, when, when was it that question. That do that? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, this yeah. but I get it wanted it. to yeah, take a little it bit. Was, man. It wanted to take a little bit of the safe route, and I get it. And it, it's still like kind of an aha moment where you're like, holy shit, the whole fucking time. Um, and I do think that uh, in the end, when he uh, is with, with ladies, is it Lady Elspeth? Is she the mom? Yeah. When yeah. he's with her, I think he used the same poison he used on Felix on her, pretty much. That's a, I assume that too. Everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought he was going to like, take the place of sir james catton and like i was like holy shit oh, he's gonna so go he, with the mom you're like oh, to, to, to inherit everything because you know he marries her everything goes to him and then he kills her but it turns out he didn't even need to do that he just needed to you know swindle her i don't think he actually poisoned felix i think he put cocaine in it and he did an overdose oh, oh yeah, yeah. He was. you're right you're right so that you're way right. he didn't get caught right so right he blamed it on the technically then he blamed it on he didn't the technically kill anybody like at least as far as anybody could tell. Actually, you're right, because right, then even Venetia, he just left the fucking blades there and like, do what you yeah. gotta do. I mean, I gotta, he, I gotta, he, he he did, but he made it he made it look like it wasn't. He, he staged it well, yeah. Tactically, yeah. yes. But I gotta say then, what's with a scene of him like, you know, he's literally fucking the grave of Felix at the end? Is it just like... There's gotta well, be I some kind of passion between that, right? That's, or is it- I think some of the words he's saying, like you had mentioned earlier about saying he loves him, but he's not in love with him. I think there was some kind of feeling that he did have for Felix, more so than he wanted to admit. Yeah. Um, so there's a bit of obsession, there's a bit of lust there. And, you know, in his own way, he's <laughs> doing weird stuff and essentially raping the floor of his grave. <laughs> but it's I, I think he had some actual feelings for, for Felix in some way. He's so he's psychotic though that I think it's it's both that he he misses Felix, but he's also disrespecting his grave at the same time. You know what I mean? It's kind of like both. That That's kind of how I saw it. I didn't feel like he was desecrating it like on purpose. I felt like it was I've, like a, a like a almost like a regretful thing. And it the, the the way see at first I thought that right that he was wasn't desecrating it, but what changed my opinion was the dance at the end. He was celebrating at the end. But so, that's 14 years later. Yeah. Still. Still, I think it's though. I him just like, hey, I, I got them all. I got all the money. And this is yeah. the life I always wanted, and I got it. And then they literally playing murder on the dance floor. So, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> the double. It's very much like the killer where the, the songs are a little bit too heavy handed with it, but I get it. So, yeah. Mikey, is there anything you wanted to add as far as your thoughts on this film's ending or some of Oliver's uh, choices and decisions he's made in this film? Yeah, I just want to kind of go back to what James asked Marco, because I honestly don't think Oliver planned out all the killing. I think he's kind of addicted to what he's doing, right? He wanted to be part of the clique uh, and kind of be part of Felix's, like, kind of their kind of friend group, right? So he got that. And then he's like, okay, I like this. Now I want to go a little bit further. So he devised a plan to go to his house for the summer because, you know, the whole family talks about he does this all the time with people. Like this is he's done it like many times before. He's had people coming over for the summer. So he, you know, I don't know how he knows that kind of information, but he kind of plans to get into there. We know that because he said his dad died and kind of did that whole thing to keep him there, right? Then he's there, and Oliver, or not Oliver, I'm sorry, Felix is losing interest in him. So he finds ways to keep him uh like with his sister and with uh the cousin. The cousin, yeah. Uh, you know, he keeps them, and now he's, like, building more stuff up. He, you know, the, the, the cousin sees what he's doing with the sister, tells uh, Felix about it, 
And so that's, he uses that to kind of get back together with Felix again. And so I think he's just kind of addicted to the whole situation. And every time he gets a twist, he kind of converts his, his, uh, his whole mental to whatever he needs to do to stay at that house. And, um, you know, he eventually kind of gets just like an addiction does. You kind of get too far and, uh, you know, you, you know, start killing the whole family in this case. So, yeah, I mean, you think I he was know, to what the situation as it went, yeah. and it was just evolving, I, basically. Yeah, no, I think it was evolving, point. absolutely. No, it's, it's like you said, this I, movie has so many ways to look at it, dude, so it's like, yeah. he's like, man, Oliver just really liked the montage of MGMT songs playing, and he wanted that to happen every basically. summer. So he's <laughs> like, I mean, that shit. The, re- the reason I think he, he planned it from the start is when they, I think it was Phoenicia points out that he's very observant, and that he's always observing things, and just kind of chilling in the background and watching yeah, people. Yeah, she and even stuff. tells him like uh, you're really smart, Mary. She's like you're smarter yeah, than the yeah. last guy. And it, I was like, oh, yeah, shit. exactly. And so that it's it's also a notion it's also a characteristic of a classic sociopath too. And also Farley calls him out on some shit too, right? It's like, "Hey, I know what you're doing." Yep. Um, oh yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, so, so I mean, he's, he's doing, doing the same episode. shit. He's doing the yeah. same shit. Yeah, basically. He even fucking Grand during that karaoke. Right, mm-hmm. and then truthfully, I think Duncan, the fucking uh, the uh, the main butler, sees through him fight from the get go. Yep. Yeah. As like soon as he enters does. the house, right? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a dick to him the entire time. So, yeah. I wonder if he kept his job. Probably not. It's been fourteen years. Right. Different. Well, they show all the maids and stuff outside, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When well, they're like, leaving for the last scene, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not in the very last scene, though. The last scene, it seems like the place yeah. is empty as fuck. Yeah, they might have all left at that point, or he got fired him. Let's move on now to our review of Godzilla Minus One. So Godzilla Minus One is sitting at a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. The IMDb description is post-war Japan is at its lowest point when a new crisis emerges in the form of a giant monster baptized in the horrific power of the atomic bomb. This is written and directed by Takash, uh, Takashi Yamazaki, who also did Dragon Quest Your Story in 2019 and Lupin the Third, the First in 2019 as well. This was released on November 3rd, 2023 in Japan and November 29th, 2023 in USA for a very brief theatrical release. It's about to end actually on the seventh. So if you haven't seen it yet, go out and go see it. This stars Ryunosuke Kamiki as Koichi Shikishima, who is a former kamikaze pilot. Minami Hamabe as Nariko Oishi as Shikima's partner. Yuki Yamada as Shiro Mizushima, who is a trainee on board the ship Shinsei Maru. Munataka Aoki as Sasaku Tachibana, who is a former Navy Air Service worker. Hidetaka Yoshioka as Kenji Noda, former weapon engineer, Sakura Ando as Sumiko Ota, as that's uh, Shikishima's neighbor, who's 
knew his family. Kirinosuke Sasaki as Yoji Akitsu is the Senshu Maru's captain. And Mio Tanaka as Tatsuo Hata. Sorry, he is the uh, naval commander on board the uh, big naval ship at the end. So. Can we give everybody just give James a round of applause for pronouncing those names? Yeah. On yeah. point. I was waiting for him to crash and burn. But good job, James. Good job. I could see the face of relief on the bill as you were reading those names. Like oh, he, he was white. got close to the camera, too. I could tell. He was like, go ahead, you son of a bitch. You normally give me these ones. I was like, whoa, buddy, relax. Uh, let's start with you, Nabil. What's your history with the Godzilla franchise? So, like, have you? I know we've already we reviewed Godzilla vs. Uh, Kong. I, I want to. Did we do a marathon out of that? We might have. We did. Yeah, I'm assuming. Or at so least we did so. catch up. Sure. Yeah. yeah, we've at least mm-hmm. seen all the newest ones since the 2014 reboot of Godzilla. But have you seen any of the Japanese films? Have any history with them at all? I watched some of the. Toho ones from, you know, I couldn't tell you which ones. I've seen just miscellaneous ones. I know I saw the mm-hmm. Godzilla one. I did see the 2016 one that came out. I can't remember Godzilla? the exact Shin name. Godzilla? Yeah. Shin, Shin Godzilla. Apparently yeah, that's like a reboot. One too. Yeah. That's just own separate thing, yeah. Yeah, and this one kind of feels like its own thing too. But yeah, I, I saw that one and I liked Shin Godzilla. That was actually pretty enjoyable for... Uh, what came out in 2016. So, but I've seen bits and pieces of the franchise outside of the US based ones from um, Toho from a long time ago. So, I've, I've got some familiarity with the general plot of this crazy monster. Nice. Uh, what about you, Mikey? Any history with the Godzilla franchise? Uh, well, I've seen all the Hollywood ones, of course. Uh, they had Godzilla a series of. Yeah. They yeah. had a series of animes like five or six years ago. I watched those three. I think there was three On of Netflix, them. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I went with James to see Shin Godzilla, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. And then I've seen the first 15, the Showa series. Like, uh, they Showa were all. Era? The, yeah, the Showa era one. I've seen all those, but it's been a very long time. So I don't remember most of them. But, and then, you know, bits and pieces of YouTube content of the other ones, like the good battle scenes and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. nice. Uh, what about you, Marco? Mine is similar to Nabil's. I've seen some of the classic Godzilla movies as a kid. I, I can't tell you which ones. I just. They'd be on TV and I'd watch them and I'd find them entertaining. I've seen the original movie once a long time ago and enjoyed Did you watch it. The Japanese version or the American version? There's two types. Uh, the American version. Yeah, I am very cultured, but I want to go back Slightly and watch it. Story, by the way. Yeah, just like yeah, know. that's what I heard. That's what I heard. That's yeah. why I want to go back and watch the the Japanese version, and which I believe got a 4K release as well not too long ago. Not a 4K release, but it got it got um all all the Showa era ones have been uh, remastered. remastered yeah by a Criterion so yeah uh I, and obviously I've seen the American ones like the uh, <laughs> ninety eight one there was actually a Japanese one that came out called Godzilla two thousand that I saw in theaters too which is terribly Damn. fun yeah yeah okay. <laughs> see. Uh, obviously, I've seen all the uh, new ones coming up that started back in 2014, so I'm all caught up with those. And that's nice. uh, I haven't seen I haven't seen the car the any of the cartoons or Shin Godzilla, but I do want to see Shin Godzilla because uh, I've heard good things about it. But that's my experience. Yeah, the Shin Godzilla movie is really good. And then Mikey and I even went further and watched fucking uh, what was it Shin Ultraman, and then. Um, Prime did have Shin Master Rider as well. They're, they're, they're not connected, but they're all kind of this like darker reboots of older 
franchises from Toho's history, so it's kind of it's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, I've I've actually only seen the I've seen the original first film in Japanese because I heard the American version is they add weird like news flashes and shit, which makes no sense to this movie at all. Yeah. I actually haven't seen any of the other Japanese ones randomly. Like you guys said, I've seen probably little bits and pieces that were playing on like TNT or some bullshit, and were you know like or like the funny gifts. And a bunch of those, but I, I mean, I've only seen the American ones for the most part. And then I did see like Shin Godzilla. I didn't like Shin Godzilla, though. I think Shin Godzilla's fucking uh, pacing has has a huge pacing issue, in my opinion. Like, a lot of them have that, actually. They're going back and forth between fucking like board meetings and shit at one point. I'm like, well, wasn't okay. that the point of it? Was the yeah, board that, meetings? Was like, yeah, that was all democracy, bureaucracy thing. Uh, not this one. So no, not this one. <laughs> well, actually, technically, they do have a little PTA meeting, right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, uh, I've always enjoyed it though. I actually really do like the Godzilla films. I, I one day I'm going to, I'm going to work my way through all of them, which is just probably kill me. So, um, <laughs> ones, I think, right. Yeah, probably I can do that. So one day and that, and probably Let me know like, I'll um, join you. <laughs> Marcus likes to do it. We'll go down uh, this dark cave together. So yeah. It's one of those things where I know it's, you know, it's culturally, iconic it's been around for fucking since the 50s at this point so it's you know hey this is crazy there's a lot of stuff going on godzilla and you know i like the i i i know some people don't like the hollywood vice versions as much but fuck they're fun dude so mm-hmm. i like me just seeing the new one looks again. amazing by the way oh yeah they're just running and shit people are like why are they running i'm like because <laughs> they're fucking excited and actually the show is pretty good too monarch yeah, oh yeah monarch, monarch's really great right now i'm all caught up on monarch too so that's a nice little yeah. You know, set in that universe, and then actually, if we're talking about cartoons, real quick, I remember the '98 version had a cartoon, and I watched that back in the day. It you know, did, yes. kids, right? So, where Godzilla oh, was set up with the fucking people, right? And he was like, "Let's, I'll help you guys. Let's go." <laughs> Godzilla Didn't talks in it too. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, he's just quiet. He looks like a fucking lizard. He's like, "Hey, he does." Let's Newton get into T-Rex. this movie, though. Let's uh, let's figure out what we if we liked it or not, Mikey. I'm gonna start with you. Since we saw this together too, as well, did you like Godzilla minus one? Did you not like it? Uh, I I love this one actually, and I it's mainly you, because huh? of stuff we just talked about. Like this one doesn't have like the whole government kind of side of things, like the other ones that I've seen, uh, and so it kind of flowed better. I thought they do have kind of the same kind of feel in some of the scenes, but it just it kind of fit better in this one. I liked what they did with Godzilla and. From what I hear, this is a $15 million budget. I don't know how they did some of the stuff they did with that budget. But uh, yeah, I love this one. I thought it was really good. That's great. Uh, what about you, Marco? What did you think of uh, Godzilla Minus One? I'm there with Mikey. I absolutely love this movie. I think this is hands down the best Godzilla movie I've ever seen. And it's everything that Mikey said. It's, you know, it looks good. It's, you know, the pacing's great. The fact that they uh, really humanize the characters in this as opposed to other Godzilla movies where they're just cannon fodder or they try to make you care about them, but it's just like, I don't care, you die. Like This movie really makes you invested into the human characters. And even though Godzilla's screen time is limited in this movie, it still works. And when he's on screen, it's very prominent and it's very well worth the wait. Just like Mikey said, I... I this movie puts a lot of big blockbuster movies to shame as far as uh, graphics go. 
like $15 million and you come up with, with this, which yeah, some of the shots were kind of shady, you know, but compared to like a, yeah, compared to a $200 million, $250 million comic book movie or action film that just, I don't know where the fuck their visual effects budget went, but it's, it's not this. So yeah, this movie's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Nice. Uh, what about you, Nubu? Yeah, I agree. I enjoyed the film. I thought Godzilla himself was just a really good, essentially villain in this movie and yeah. terrifying at every part of it. Like I love it. When he came up on screen, it was the most exciting part of the movies, but the, the character story was very interesting too. Like I actually did, care about what was going on um i know we'll talk about a little bit in the spoiler i think the ending ended a little too nicely in some one part of it specifically but for the most part like it's it it was a really good story to go through and there is still just like all the other godzilla films there is still some kind of political messaging here about the government not wanting to help out because of whatever and it's on the citizens to do what they need like and i like that that's what i actually liked about all the other godzilla japanese films is is the government thing just because there's a bigger message and you don't just, you don't agree necessarily, uh, James, but that's what always kind of got me intrigued on the story. Part of it is that that it's speaking about how shitty their government can be. Truthfully, I can't compare to other ones because I've I've only seen such a small sample. So, I mean, Mm. who knows? I mean, I'm not saying they're always the well, (laughs) well produced version of getting that message out, but you know, there's always that overarching thing about, you know, nuclear war and yeah, World especially War the first, whatever it especially is, the know. first one, which this one obviously takes a lot of like um, style from it, themes from right. it as well. It's got a lot of odes to it, and because uh, this is kind, of, in all honesty, this is pretty much a reboot of the original Japanese films. So. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I liked it too. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was a solid one. I think they take, I think they, as much as people shit on like the Hollywood rise versions, I, I think you know. I think they from legendary. I think they take some of that aspect of it for this Godzilla. So they finally, they you know, they show a lot of the action scenes are like really kind of amped up compared to because I mean compared to Shin Godzilla, where it was like, what the fuck's going on? This one I actually could follow along. So that's why you know, and I liked it. I liked Shikishima and like his journey of you know like a failed kamikaze pilot, and then he's you know he doesn't feel like he can have a family, and then it's like the relationship with him and Noriko where they're trying to kind of you know it's like a he, fa- it he falls into a family which is kind of weird like and not just that and then he, he then he gains friends and he sees like the benefits of what what life can really bring and then fucking godzilla shows up and he starts fucking blowing shit up so <laughs> he's like hey wouldn't it be weird if a big old lizard creature got to you so uh let's get to the plot then uh, i want to talk to you about the plot Nabil, let's stay stick with you on this one so what did you feel about the overall plot and following well, I get. Well, I mean, we follow a few characters, but I would say Shikishima is technically the main character, even though we do yeah. get a lot of a little bit of everyone. I think in this one, which is, from what I've heard, is pretty common for Godzilla films. It kind of there's different groups going on at the same time, but mm-hmm. he's mostly where we're coming from. We 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 get him from the beginning, where he's attacked on an island, and it kind of starts the whole kind of. I guess it kind of starts the whole thing with him and the um, what's his name with uh, Tachibana the uh mechanic there and then you know they kind of hate each other but and apparently Tachibana is the only fucking mechanic they can work on an airplane later on but <laughs> right yeah he's like I know there were many like, of them I left know, apparently I'm like I know like 40 fucking guys how about that but like how did you like his journey overall from the beginning then all the way to the end where he's basically you know he has a plan we'll talk about it in a little bit but uh what did you think overall 
Yeah, I, you know, what I really liked about the plot was it was kind of believable in the sense of, you know, after, first of all, he's he's a, a war veteran who, you know, is just like in a lot of things in Japanese culture, like he didn't, he was kind of dishonored himself for not falling through with the war effort that yeah. his job was in there. But then like the whole, like you were saying, the falling into the family, I felt like that was very believable with, with the whole country kind of in disarray and the way things ended for Japan during World War II, it seems very, um, very probable that, you know, they would find a child or they would end up finding, you know, they'd be kind of caring for other people like this in a way. Yeah, until they find a kid that's not even, I mean, technically Noriko's taking care of a kid that's not hers. So it's like, yeah. So I, I find that a lot of that was very true. And, and I like the, the aspect of him trying to find work and what he had to do. And like every, everything just seemed like very realistic and then obviously you have this big lizard thing in the background where it's like yeah, also the, destroying uh, the world atomic, and you throw that in yeah. atomic mo- kaiju monster is just coming right. around like, hey wouldn't this be a fucking thorn in your side <laughs> yeah. but I actually really I felt like there was a good connection there everybody's role kind of felt very believable in how they would react to a situation like that's that's what I think is really good about this movie because as much as you like seeing the Godzilla and the monster aspect of it, the story really did kind of keep wanting you to to see where these characters' roles are going to be playing out to, and it it kept yeah, it I enjoyable. Agree. I agree. Uh, Marco, what what do you think about the overall journey? Did it work for you? Did it not work? Did anything really stand out to you? Any scenes in particular? I think it did. The movie had a lot to say with the story of uh, Kochi and his his journey from starting off as a kamikaze pilot to, like you guys said, uh, starting his own, you know, uh, family with, you know, strangers, pretty much. And, yeah. and it, it basically, it, it shows, you know, this guy who's been traumatized from war uh, coming home and pretty much, like like the human spirit finding the human spirit and coming together you know with strangers and finding unity amongst each other after all this destruction all this death and Godzilla of course being a freaking monster out there really representing this huge fucking obstacle that all these people must come together and face together you know by you know having camaraderie and holding each other up just the very notion of Kochi and Noriko like starting the pseudo family, you know, with a child that isn't even theirs, I think is an inspirational story that even when you lose everything, you can, you know, still find, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel and, and, and move on. And I think what makes it work is the fact that like Nabil said, Godzilla is a villain in this. He's not an anti-hero. He's, he's not a, you know, uh, like, the legendary films were a, a hero, so to speak. He is this unstoppable, menacing force that people have to stand up against, you know, and and come together and uh, use the love of their own humanity and their family to overcome these these huge obstacles. And for Kochi, it's it's nice to see him deal with this and at the same time deal with his trauma and 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 overcome it with what he has to go through, you know, yeah. having to care for, for his, you know, stepdaughter for Noriko and also, you know, caring for his friends too, his crewmates and stuff. And, you know, t- trying to keep, make sure that, you know, they, they stay alive as, as much as possible. So at first he, he starts off as this kind of coward who doesn't, you know, 
quote unquote perform his duty. And because of that, the consequences are people die. And and he, now he's trying to, you know, survive that and find purpose in life to go on. And that helps them, you know, eventually overcome his trauma and, you know, find love again. Cause it just kind of seemed throughout the movie. He had just sort of just yeah. given up pretty much. And I like yeah, that. Definitely. I like, uh, I, I liked, and I like that. It wasn't easy. You see this guy struggle throughout the movie and it humanizes him even more. And I like that. It's not easy, but cool. with time, you can get through it. Nice. Uh, Mikey, I want to jump into characters with you then, too. I mean, we, we've talked about um, Kochi, you know, Shikishima. And what about what about the, the people that he befriends on the boat where he's, you know, shooting down mines and stuff like that? We got Yoji, who's the captain. And then we have Kenji, who's like the weapon engineer. You know, what did you think of the dynamic between the... Uh, there's another guy too, even a younger guy that's you know felt left Never out been to, war. to find the war. Yeah, how'd you like that uh, yeah. kind of camaraderie between the four of them? Yeah, I mean they they already touched on like his struggle to find work afterwards and everything. So that yeah. kind of throws him into this situation where, I mean, it's pretty much a job that no one wants to take. It's really risky. Yep. And uh, you can kind of see like between the four of them, you know, the the team that they have on there, it kind of builds over time. It's not only friendship, but also like their minds are kind of like in different areas, right? So like one guy's like really smart, their guy like knows the waters, and then he's you know a, a gunner, even though and he didn't really shooter, fulfill yeah. his job. Yeah. So, but they kind of need that to do the bomb. They're you know they're they're doing like a bomb disposal kind of thing, and like between the four of them. Um, they kind of come together as like, you know, as a single force. And they're, even though they're only just a small crew on a small boat, they can do big things and they kind of take that over there. Um, and then it kind of progresses too. Also, obviously, like you guys have kind of touched that already here, but uh, Kochi is going through like some super internal struggles. And I don't think the the people on the boat kind of realize that. So you can kind of see whether they're like drinking beers or they're coming home for like, you know, a dinner or something like that. And they can kind of really see, like, they didn't realize this is all going to happen. They think they're, you know, he's just a married life with a kid and they realize that he's got some kind of internal struggle holding them back a little bit. And then, you know, yeah, things they're, unfold. They're, he's not married, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, and then with Godzilla, they're like, Oh, you guy, you kind of know this. Right. So they kind of like, I don't know. I want to say becomes a leader because I think there's, other people on the boat that kind of do that role a little bit, but he kind of inspires them, I guess. Um, and becomes like kind of a, a force, I guess himself. So I like the aspect yeah. that they kind of brought through on the team. Nice. Uh, Nabil, what about his relationship with uh, Noriko? Did you, did you enjoy how it's kind of like a, it's almost kind of plutonic at the beginning. And then like, you know, obviously there's little hints and such like that. You know, I thought it was weird at first, uh, not not because of the strangeness of it. I think after like a year or so, though, I thought that they may have made a connection. But to to Mikey's point, when they start talking amongst friends and he finds out that they're not actually married and we learn about the reason behind it, I was like, <laughs> I think it's interesting because his thought is that this because he had this 22 caliber gun that he thought if he just shot it would have saved a bunch of people would have made made all the difference and in reality like nothing would he could have done would have actually made the difference so he was like sitting with that and i thought that was a bit like funny (laughs) sitting with that problem that if he really thought about it was really nothing because he couldn't what would he have done (laughs) you know like that's not gonna save them damn I mean, really, though, like nothing. Was gonna, they shot. He saw these tankers like trying to shoot at it, and nothing happened to Godzilla. So I'm like, why are you sitting on this? But 
Yeah, At the same time, like, it should have been seppuku, the traditional yeah, seppuku. If he's going to so do it, you dishonored yourself, my Damn, friend. You bro. know, there's a sailor right over here. You know, take care of it. Well, but, that's part of it, though, right? Like the yeah. whole dishonor, yep. like disgrace. Yes. Uh, like like yeah. his job was a kamikaze pilot. So it's like, you're not supposed to be around anymore. I mean, his so neighbor, that's the part, on it as well. his neighbor yeah. Samika, when he comes back, is like ashamed of him. Like, oh, because she he used why we lost. But then, I mean, she obviously warms up because, you know, he came right after her house got bombed to shit. and right. Tempers mm-hmm. are at all time high, but it's like holy shit, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, but I think like the relationship did they did give us some time to kind of blossom a little bit, especially kind of before she disappears for a little bit, apparently off screen. Uh, that she, uh, oh, they, <laughs> they, they, they uh, have a bit of a a growth connection together, and she kind of consoles him, and I think that was really nice, like to show. That hey, we've been together for so long. Here's we we have a bond. If you just open up to me, and that really felt like a good moment of of letting the relationship kind of blossom a bit in there. And so, I think it was it was good, especially the way it essentially turned out near the end. Nice. I'm gonna leave this open uh, open floor question here, guys. Cinder talking visual effects. I know we kind of touched on it already. Did you guys like how this movie was shot and the way that Godzilla looks in this one? He's a little more a little more modern modernized, I'd say. So, uh, what did you guys think? Absolutely, dude. I like the look of Godzilla. They base it sort of like on the the classic look, with a bit a of a less more goofy. yeah, a little less goofy. yeah, less goofy. He's got the goofy thighs, but not the goofy. He doesn't have the stupid not feet the in this he, one. Goofy ass eyes. He doesn't like, have the stupid oh. eyes. Yeah, and they they purposely made him like more upright as opposed to more modern ones that have him kind of lean forward. Punched uh, a little so, bit. Yeah, so give, give him sort of that classic menacing look. And it works, man. Like when there's a scene where there the the boat crew is the cleanup crew is sweeping up mines and Godzilla shows up and he's chasing after them and it, it the tension's high, man. He, his eyes are just dead ass staring right at them and you just see evil behind them. Um just looks so well, man. And um the the yeah. there's a scene where um uh Kochi is on a on a plane and he's like doing these flybys around Godzilla that just they look so good, man, compared to again, some movies with bigger budgets shot so well. Yeah, Marvel films. All right. Uh what <laughs> Nabil, what did you thought about the uh the minus one title by the way? I want to bring that up. It's like they were trying to say like it's after the war, Japan's economic state has been reduced to zero, Godzilla appears and plunges the country into a negative state. Did you like how that is yeah. how it's titled? I, you know, I thought it was weird at first. It took me a while to figure it out. And then um, I had read something that, that told me this this quote, basically. Yeah, I guess it makes sense, you know. And we're making fun of it as we're talking about, like, them recovering from the war and just giant lizards here. But, yeah, it's this is worse. adding like, more. What else yeah. could go wrong, right? Yeah, Exactly. They, they're at the bottom, and then they found a way to get even below that. And that's what Godzilla is doing there. So I think it's an apt title for it. And, and in this case, too, like... Uh, we've ta- we're, we're talking about Godzilla being a bad guy. In the very first like Godzilla film back in the fifties, Godzilla was a bad guy and he was killed. And He's then when a they bad guy in quite a few of them, apparently. Yeah, and then like yeah. the next film, the next set of series that they do in the you know the sixties. Um, he's that anti-hero, but it's a different Godzilla. It is actually isn't the same one. Yeah. So so in like this case, I, I'm assuming they're like you said, James. They're kind of doing a soft reboot ish yeah so yeah. i feel like that's probably where they're if they're going to continue on with this thing that's probably where they're talking about that too. in spoilers yeah. yeah nice uh let's get into our star rating so we can jump into our spoiler section there's just a few things to kind of tidy up on this one uh mikey what is your rating and would you recommend it 
Uh, I actually gave this one four and a half stars. I liked it a lot. Uh, it's definitely a recommend. Uh, as long as you just for some reason don't hate subtitles, then you should probably watch this one. And like you said, it's the released, probably so watch happen. it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, Nabil, what is your rating? For this one. Because of the subtitles, I didn't give it a four and a half star. No, just it's uh I gave this a four stars out of five. I enjoyed the film. Um it's still a little weird, but it's it's a Godzilla film, but I enjoyed a lot a good portion of it. This happens to those people every year, Nabil. I don't know why you're acting so rude about it. <laughs> Jeez. Uh what about you, Marco? Movie's fucking fantastic. Um with Mikey, I give it four and a half stars. This one's Hmm, little spoilers definitely going to make it to my top 10 list. Nice. Uh, I give this one a four star. I'm kind of with Nabil on this one. I liked it. I didn't uh, I didn't love it like you and Mikey, but uh, I think it was a solid uh, Godzilla movie. And if you're a fan of Godzilla, uh, definitely check it out. Uh, let's jump into our spoiler section. So if you want to learn a little bit and you're just going to talk about kind of the ending here, a little couple things that do happen. So if you don't want to hear that, just jump ahead to our outro and hear about what we are doing for our, I want our final episode of the year, actually. So, of the year, not ever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we said the last few things. Someone's like, "Are they done?" Godzilla! All right. So, spoiler section time. So, I'll start with you, Mikey. Uh, did you like? Kenji's plan to destroy Godzilla in the most con- con- convoluted fucking complex way possible. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty or complex. As Japanese right? Godzilla as it can get, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very complex. Uh, you know, I mean, and it's like very precise too, like how they had to pull it off. Like they had to be in a certain area. Yeah. Everybody had to be precise as far as their driving goes. And it doesn't and then, work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, it all, it doesn't work at the end. Very yeah. reminiscent. Um, it's actually very reminiscent of what they're trying to do in the original Godzilla film on how to yep. how to kill him with the water and shit. So that's why I was like, oh, there we go. So, so some callbacks there. Um, also, they had like a backup plan, but I didn't even get their backup plan. It right? was just so bring a like, backup hella quick back because yeah. of the you get the uh, what's it called? Same kind of pressure, bends. but the other side. The yeah. bends, yeah, you get the bends, but uh, he's a fucking lizard creature, and that doesn't work. So I don't. <laughs> but it's kind of nice too. Oh, they kind man. of uh, in the when the water, the scene that Marco was talking about a moment ago, where he's like chasing the boat. They kind of mm-hmm. figure out like they can hurt him on the inside, kind of thing, right? So they yeah. use that yeah, to their advantage this time here as like a second alternate plan that they uh, were kind of thinking of. So yeah, yeah, it definitely. Pretty well in the end. Uh, Nabil, I want to jump to you here. Let's talk about the end of this film. I mean, I know you don't really catch on a lot of times to, you know, very obvious things that happen in films, but um, I mean, Shikishima, you, you knew he wasn't going to kill himself, right? When Tachibana is looking at like the... Yeah, I figured they were something was going to happen, or did you think like, man, this is it? Sucks well, they, they had brought up that there was already ejector seats being made, and so then... They put him to the side, and it's like this one more thing. Rises. I was like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay, obviously he's gonna survive. Obviously, the tell of the telegram that suddenly showed up um, yeah, told me that. I assumed it was alive. like, what's your because yeah. uh, Noriko is, you know, I don't know where the fuck she goes. Actually, she might got crushed. <laughs> she might have fucking <laughs> flung four hundred feet in the air. I don't. I'm not sure. She's been gone for fucking weeks at this point too. So I don't know. I she guess she survived for the damage. God, I guess you guys are so was cool. fun. <laughs> like he was like, I don't know, man. 
seemed like she was okay yeah. to me. But what but did you think I, about that last little suicide run? Like, did you did did you did it emotionally like work for you, or was it something where you want a little more out of that? I actually I liked it a lot. I think it was good redemption for him. It it really was a good solid payoff for he really came in clutch to lure Godzilla. He came in to try to um you know get under his skin and distract him while gave the guys enough time to do their failed maneuvers but also <laughs> <Yeah>. just like <laughs> then actually like going in i love the scene where it just went quiet like he crashes into godzilla's mouth and the whole film is just two quiet guys and- <laughs> started laughing uncontrollably in front of me and mikey and crying <laughs> When well, I, was, I, I kind like, of was thinking of yelling out something in the theater. I was like, because my theater was packed too. And I was like, yeah. Bonichiwa or something. Just yell something Damn, out. Bill is- <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dude, I'm fuck. St. Louis has changed the bill. I'm sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. but I could have swore James was going to turn to me and just say, hi. Because <laughs> that's what he normally does when this shit happens in a movie. Shut up. Shut up, Mikey. <laughs> it was it was definitely quiet Old where man. you know you didn't expect it to just be complete silence but i thought it was great it was very impactful and then seeing it was very satisfying to see godzilla kind of dissipate that way and finally go and i'm assuming because to to the point we were talking about earlier on how he does get killed from the inside part of it is because of his his uh, atomic ray was just about to go out that that between that and explosion that's why he disintegrated um you know because i don't catch on to things everything quickly that's why he's he, that happened rather than it just being another thing where he could have just regenerated later yeah that on t- yeah then it just kind of was like a chain reaction i think within his yeah body. i guess it's chain re- down right i'm right. assuming that's pretty cool though. i mean but if we saw this the special ending you know mid credit scene yeah, speaking really of did. which, Marco, did you expect that to happen? Did you think there was going to be a little fucking twist to it all? Like, oh, he's actually... I don't know if it's really... Is it is it Godzilla regenerating? Is it another form of his creature? I don't know. Like, what was your thought on that? I, I think it's Godzilla regenerating. I sort of suspect that I'm like, it, it can't be the end of him. He's, he's just super indestructible. I wasn't 100% sure they'd do it, but when I saw the scene of him regenerating, I was like, oh, shit. Is like a face forming on it, or is it just like the body vibrating? I I forgot. Sorry, but I feel like it was a body. I can't really remember either if it was was a face or just the body growing, but uh, all I know is (laughs) something with an atomic breath that powerful is not that easy to kill. Which, by the way, it's probably one of the best atomic breaths they've ever done. Really good one. It literally goes nuclear. Yeah. Yeah, that's up uh, there. I think also the Kong vs. Godzilla is a fucking awesome one too. By the way, yeah, man, the scene where he blasts here. like the the whole town and Noriko pushes Kochi out of the way, even though I, I it's a you know it's a what what you call it a uh, a fake out. It's still pretty cool when she just pushes them out of the way and she just fucking eats it. <laughs> Speaking of which, I mean, I, we do see her at the end, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but like, she apparently has like radiation poisoning or some shit. So it's kind oh, of a, really? it's kind of like a bittersweet know. ending. So like in the official like synopsis of the thing, like she has radiation poisoning. Damn. So it's like I guess that's it, it, it's cool but that she survived. Wouldn't he have it technically? Because it's not like he's just behind a wall. It's not like yeah, he, but she got blasted by this shit too. I think half her yeah. face is like gone, dude. Yeah, like, she took the front of it. He he was behind like buildings and stuff so 
It was like movie that's logic. radiation works, guys. Movie logic, dude. I, I agree with you, Nabil, though. Like, it is one of the things where, like, truthfully, I think she should have just stayed dead. Yeah. Because I don't, that was such like the, like, okay, this is pretty fucking cheesy. But I was like, okay, I guess she. Yeah, Coach needed a happy ending because he had such a sad story. I mean, he found a family and he fucking was able to, he's going to go back to his daughter and raise her and fight Godzilla and Kong together. He I guess. was I don't know. in total conflict. He a needed multiverse. a happy one. He needed a happy ending. He, he, he cried. I, I you guys are this one. Mr. Roboto. Domi already got the Mr. Roboto. So <laughs> there we go. That's it. Yeah. It's a, it's a freaking Hollywood happy ending, but I, I think he, like Mikey said, he fucking deserved it. <laughs> he deserved uh, it finally. I mean, he, he got to fly the cool fucking experimental plane. That's true. Yeah. With the ejection seat. But he also destroyed it, so he doesn't get to do it ever again. Any last minute thoughts or any last, you know, last thoughts on the film? Anything you want to bring up? I will just go back to what Marco was touching on a little bit. Just the sheer destruction that they show of the cities, I think were just great. I really, I, I liked how they portrayed that, especially with, like, we were talking about the $15 million budget. The effects, the way it looked, there was there was a cheesy part where they were showing they cut to these tanks <laughs> shot at it, and I I started that's, laughing that's when directly from, from like the first movie I think. By the yeah, way. <laughs> but the, it just looked like it was so bad. The CG for that, that particular was a bad scene, CG. yeah, it's really blurry but, I mean, in that one. You know that? I'm like, mm, yeah. blurry in that shot. <laughs> it was dusty. It was dusty. Yeah, <laughs> he kicked up air, but like I mean, no, they had fifteen million dollars. Well, yeah, I'll tell you right now, it's because they also don't have any like big name actors that you know ask yeah. for twenty, thirty million dollars a fucking right. movie. So that's true. Have to pay my fortune and blow up that budget. No, those. But I just you know wanted to reiterate those those uh, scenes with Godzilla and kind of causing mayhem and destroying the city it was really really well done for compared to any other Hollywood big budget film. Like I think it was just on par with that. It was good to see. Yeah. No, agreed. It looks, it looks really good. Especially instructions on eleven. Right. Yeah. All right. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. Marco, tell them how they can reach us. Listen and follow us on your favorite podcast service. Trust us, we're on all of them. For a quick link to all our socials, visit linktree slash moviepalspod. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash moviepalspod. Thank you. Make sure to smash that subscribe button or atomic breath it as hard as you can so you never miss an episode. Make sure to also stay tuned for our next episode, episode number 164, the last of the year, where we'll be watching The Boy and the Heron and something else. We'll let you know. It'll be a surprise. Thank you, Nabil. Until next time, this is James. Marco. Nabil. And Mikey. Have a great one.